Welcome to Pretty Good Vibrations, the podcast that both celebrates and analyzes the soundtrack to every barn wedding we attended in our 20s and 30s. Yes, that is indie folk. Indie folk music, it adorned our radios and early generation iPods. I remember the first time someone told me about Mumford & Sons and how pumped they were about the Christian lyrics. Ben Bishop is back. Ben, thanks for being here. Ah, man. I'm so excited to be here. Ben, you may recall from our 90s punk mega tournament. And uh, Ben, you are apparently not one for uh, keeping things tight. We We are here for another mega tournament. That is 32, actually 34 indie folk artists are gonna head off over some number of hours. We're not really sure we're gonna do the first part right now. Still really excited to be here. <laughs> I will say that the the litigation uh, phase of uh, council and the state going back and forth, the bench. <laughs> going back and forth about who could be in the tournament who counts? was so fun it that fun. we almost just never wanted to set a date to actually do this, so yeah. that we could continue bitterly negotiating which bands would be left out and which must be included. And let's just dispense with this now uh, to be clear. We're we're bending folk a little bit. We're giving a little room for some Americana, a little bit of what would maybe be called singer-songwriter, but all of them are definitely indie groups and would have been sort of marketed roughly similarly to roughly the same people. Uh, mostly in sort of the, the 2000s and early 2010s, uh, but but not necessarily, some, sometimes going a little bit further back than that. But that's kind of the main era that we're thinking of. And, you know, we probably didn't include a band you think should be in here. And it was, let me just say, it took a long fucking time. And we, we've got a pretty great list. And we're just, we're going to be okay with that. We're just going to all have to be okay with that because none of this matters at all. Just going to let it rip. We we didn't include some bands that in hindsight we felt maybe like we should have included, but you could only include so many. Exactly. And there are also a number that just didn't make the cutoff of like not enough Spotify listeners. So we've got 34 artists uh, in this indie folk genre. But Ben, why indie folk? Why is this the one you wanted to do next? This is a genre that's that was really formative for me. And in I can place clearly in a kind of lineage or progression, you know, just at least phase wise in my life of different kinds of music that I listened to. I had my nineties punk phase, of course. Yeah. I then had like a hardcore and metal phase. Um, and then at some point I got into what we'll generally call indie rock and that just lasted for a long time and has continued in some ways to this day. And so just many of these artists, I have really distinct memories. I've been thinking, we didn't really talk about this in the prep. I've been thinking, as we've listened through and created this playlist about how evocative music is relative to the other, like two main styles or just, uh, you know, streams of art that are most important to me, film and literature. Yeah. Music's way more evocative of memory than either of those. I think it has to do with the experience. You can do anything while you're listening to music. Yeah. You can't while you're reading a book or watching a movie. So you might have a memory of of going into the theater, you know, or coming out of the theater when you watched Saving Private Ryan or what have you. But so many of these groups from, say, when I was 
I mean, 20, 21 in college up through, you know, really to the present day with some of these, I have distinct memories of any number of, of uh, activities, events with friends by myself. So yeah, we could probably trace it further back. Uh, I was on your, on your recurring uh, bit or piece about the music that you got from a parent. And I think some of these bands trace back to some of the music that my dad listened to, Jackson Brown, Paul Simon. There's a kind of correlation there, but I love rock and roll. And this is a, a sort of a, a rock adjacent or an arm of, of rock that manages to be catchy and also really emotionally evocative for me. Yeah, I think that it was crazy how big it got, right? Like the Mumford Lumineers of Monsters and Men, that sort of era of stadium, you know, radio chart topping banjo and suspenders music. That felt like, didn't feel like the end of it at the time, maybe in part because I was trying to make money in ad music. And so I, it was actually kind of convenient timing for me that that was the zeitgeist in 2011 because I could do that. Yeah. If it had been dead mouse EDM style stuff, like I wouldn't have been able to get into ad music, but I was able to start <laughs> and like have a genre that I could be competent in immediately because it was enough like rock uh, and, you know, been playing acoustic guitar and those instruments for a long time. So that just felt like, Oh yeah. I mean, I, I know this stuff. And then I had like an immediate kind of thing to thing to kind of sink my teeth into and, and get my first claws into that industry. So that's interesting. I'm, I just was thinking about that right now. I hadn't thought about that in all the many hours <laughs> of prep that we have put in already to this episode. Uh, but yeah, I'll, just a formative time in my life, you know, roughly 2010 to 2020 or 05 to 2015, whatever you want to call it. But you know, end of my touring years, beginning of my sort of adult staying in one place life and a lot of weddings, like probably the era of our lives where we went to the most weddings was, were those years, Undoubtedly. Right? Undoubtedly. So us and all our friends getting married and, you know, I got married in 2009, kind of definitely in, in the middle of all of this. And yeah, so that's actually, I'll get into the rules a little bit later, but well, in just a minute. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the one choosing, and that is, I mentioned it in the intro, but that's like, if I need a tiebreaker besides which one do I like more, if I'm kind of struggling, I'm going to think, which one am I more likely to hear, a, you know, three old fashions in at my friend's outdoor barn wedding <laughs> in the summer of 2011? And so if one feels more like that moment... Uh, where we're, we've all signed the guest book, which is made out of recycled, you know, <laughs> thrift store hardcovers with pasted photos in them. Uh, whatever takes me more to that, you know, to the lineup friend group photo outside the barn facade, that's the one that I'm going to give. You're just waiting and gazing across the meadow at the groomsmen as they pose in their skinny <laughs> suspenders. <laughs> and, and pork pie hats. Artisanal. <laughs> Thistle boutonnieres. <laughs> Thistle boutonnieres. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, we're not going to top that. Okay. It's which one, which one says Thistle boutonniere more than the other if I need a tiebreaker? 
man. Okay, well, let's. I think everybody knows the kind of music we're talking about. So, we'll, we're going to talk about these songs and, and artists as we go. So, let's just get into the tournament. So, we've got, we couldn't get cut it to 32. We had a, a few kind of. We could not. We can't. This has to stay in. This has to stay in. And so, we got 34, which is easy. That just means that there's going to be uh, two play in rounds for the. 32nd and 31st seed to then go off against to the go first to the dance. and second seed. They, they make it, but making it to the dance. So this is a normal tournament in terms of it's how we hear the song now, the uh, song versus song, not band or album versus album and not, you know, in the importance of that song historically in my life or the world song to song as you hear it now. How, how Dan hears the how, song. Because this is the fun twist. I get to decide, and the way that we came to that is that Ben got to load up the playlist, so he got to choose the song. I sometimes give myself this option of of uh, the Goliath card that I can pre-play. I don't know if I've called it that or done it. I maybe done it once, but I keep I <laughs> Goliath keep, card. Yeah, where I get to basically prepare a champion. So if one of the bands, I get to pick the five or four songs or whatever. Uh, ahead of time, that? I didn't do that here. No. Uh, oh, did you? Because I no, back I didn't. The I didn't do it here. You didn't but like, for instance, on the upcoming '90s power, like power pop revival one. Yeah. I'm going to champion Super Drag, okay. and I cho- chose the Super Drag songs. Okay. So in this case, Ben did that for all the artists. So he chose, for the most part, the whole playlist. Uh, some of them I, you defaulted to kind of play count and stuff, but you listened through and. Picked all the, like say say a little bit. How did you how did you go about choosing? Yeah, the songs? we needed we needed five songs. You need for five each instead artist. of four. If you, if you yeah. went the whole way, you would have had to use five songs. If you went on it all, you will have to have gone five rounds, such that that makes what's the math? One hundred and sixty or or more. What so whatever that is like one hundred and eighty some songs. Yeah, and I chose yeah just five of my favorite songs, with the caveat that or you know that are evocative for me. If I had them, if if I didn't, there's a handful of the bands that I didn't have a super strong relationship with, went more with popularity on Spotify. But Dan, you're, I mean, you were, you were writing me a bit about making sure that these songs, especially for the artists who are maybe not exclusively or obviously folk artists, yeah. that they had to be like, folkish know, songs, folky yeah. songs. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I think you accommodated did a that. that. You only yeah. vetoed a few after reviewing the initial playlist. I think actually... It's interesting listening through to those. I think there's actually going to be more kind of uniformity or like it's going to feel more like a scene hearing just these songs than these bands. Then I think of them as a scene, cohesive scene when I read them. Yeah. But they all did dip into this world. Exactly. In those years. And so so for some of these bands, it's only only half their songs, you know, or less would apply. But they're bands that we love and that we want to hear. So. Thanks for doing that work and choosing the songs. This is a great playlist for listeners to just shuffle if you're in the mood. I mean, this is, it's long. It's a, it's a big old long playlist. It's a cool 11 hours. It's like 11 hours and 15 minutes. No big deal. It's like, just for your road trip uh, from Bozeman to Sacramento, you know? Sarasota, Florida to (laughs) rural Maine. You could, uh, you can be hoed, hayed and stomped all the way there. On wings of eagles, on wings of banjos. So, okay. And then you, I have some cards I can play once each. I can do pinch hitter where I get to swap out a song of my choosing. 
to give a band that I like a better chance. Number two, I can do a rain delay where each band, if I'm having a hard time choosing, each band gets their next song up on the list. And you, Ben, have... uh, I'm going to give you five vetoes total. I normally do three for a... That seems like a lot, right? I was thinking maybe three. Three or four, max? Maybe three? Okay, three vetoes. Yeah, five is a lot. feels right. Five is too many. So you have three vetoes, so use them judiciously. You're the decider. Uh, And... I try not to veto the winner, but you know, technically oh, you can at, do what you want. I try not to make the last choice of veto. I think I did it one time. We'll establish that now. Yeah. Well, okay, if you've done it. I, I think I did it once to Joe. Your Honor, <laughs> precedent shows. I think Joe Greenitz wanted like yellow card to win the Warped Tour tournament or something. And I was like, no, it's bad religion. I don't remember. Something like that. Anyway, okay. Indie folk. Here we are. We're back. And we are going to start with these two play-in rounds. Oh, before that, I'm going to read every artist's name. My favorite thing to do at the beginning. Did I say all the rules, by the way? It's a March Madness-style bracket. You decide. Single elimination. Yep. Play-in rounds. Yep. Vetoes. I think that's it. Rain delay. And then we have to say, we will crown the what of indie folk. So instead of the kings or queens. Oh, man. The troubadour? The, tru- the, the king troubadour. The We crown the dusty suspenders. The... I mean, Troubadour is good. I'm thinking like Hank Williams and Woody Guthrie. Yeah, you get a, in place of a laurel crown, what do you get? Your crown is fashioned of... Could still be, it's like dried wheat. (laughs) (laughs) Dried wheat. (laughs) There's, I feel feel as though you have a bit of, more of an agrarian association with folk music than I do. Apparently I really do. These musicians are sleeping out of doors and... (laughs) (laughs) Sleeping out of doors. Utilizing Freedom to Roam acts in various locales. Okay, here's every artist. So these are the the artists we're going to hear. The Lumineers, Dawes, Henry Jameson, Wilco, Bright Eyes, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, the Mountain Goats, Sufjan Stevens, the Decemberists, Mumford and Sons, the Tallest Man on Earth, First Aid Kit, the Fruit Bats. Actually, it's just Fruit Bats, I think. Phoebe Bridgers. Angelo, D'Augustine, The Head and the Heart, Beirut, Lord Huron, Damien Gerardo, Joseph, Elliot Smith, Kings of Convenience, Gregory Allen Isakoff, M. Ward, Fleet Foxes, Glenn Hansard of Swell Season, Bonavere, Nico Case, The Avett Brothers, Ryan Adams of Monsters and Men, Blitz and Trapper, Iron and Wine, and Andrew fucking Bird. That is a list of artists, my friend. Woo! feel invested. I feel invested in the outcome. Yeah. Uncomfortable that I have so little agency. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you were going to do, you've already done it by putting together this playlist. Also, Your Honor, I just would like to inform the court that we have a problem because in Fruit Bats Rider, uh, it said that if we accidentally call them the Fruit Bats, they would <laughs> launch some litigation of their own. We request the that the Fruit Bats be stricken from the record. <laughs> yes. And the jury be uh, informed they should pay it no heed. Disregard. <laughs> Disregard. Okay. First up, we got of the two playing rounds. Playing round number one. Dawes versus Henry Jameson. From Dawes, we get Never Gonna Say Goodbye from the album Passwords. 
She keeps a hopeful eye upon the future She finds a way to share that hope with me And a few times that she's met some sort of failure She wins a little back by laughing at defeat I never knew what life could be So it stands to reason why I can't go back And now a revelation trembles from the bottom Up Against by Henry Jameson, Real Peach from The Wilds. On that Tursuami morning, I took the six downtown to spring, and I was writing something elegiac that I never learned to sing. But I think that it was this song, just four years premature, and I remember crossing out the line. All is fair in love and war Well, if all is fair In love and war Then I don't know what we are fighting for Cause my baby, she's a real peach Even when the night comes crashing down Real peach And the nighttime rolls away That got into a groove there at the end. How can you possibly decide between these two songs? You know, yeah, it's not it's not obvious. They're definitely not my favorite songs by either of these bands. Um, I don't know that Dawes song well, mm-hmm. but I, I know maybe some of the earlier stuff better. Um, I like it. Oh, it's really interesting. They're both kind of like a little bit left of center as songwriters, I think. That's something that's coming through. It's like what they're doing is like 85% something you totally know from before and you know the beats. Like for Matt and Dawes, it's Jackson Brown. It's 85% Jackson Brown, but then he's zigging and zagging in some ways that make it him. And they're not just like a 70s cover band. And then Henry, Henry Jameson, it's this kind of acoustic-based folk American songwriter thing, but then he's zagging and zigging about 15% of it in like really odd phrasings and like, just kind of like, Oh, he's got a really quirky point of view and chooses some kind of uh, more sharp edged approaches like in choruses or in melodies or whatever. So that's, that's the connective tissue. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah, I I vibe with that description of them as largely recognizable. There's there's nothing particularly experimental, but they've really taken a thing and made it their own and just yeah. given it their little twist, which is some some of the best art does that. They're they're working within their form. For me, Taylor Goldsmith of Dawes is more uh they generally, but I associate 
you know, the songs often with him. He's the lyricist, lead singer. He. I was thinking of Matt from Delta Spirit because oh, oh. they were in Middle Brother yeah, together. Right. Yeah, Matt Vasquez. Yes, you're right, yeah. Taylor. Yes. Yeah, he. It's there's a workmanlike quality to it where they're yeah. just you know they're ex. I've seen them live a couple times. Excellent musicians, tour a mm-hmm. ton, just know their way around their instruments. But specifically in terms of his lyrics and and their style too. But I mean, there's this big, especially on their first couple records. He 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 sounds like Jackson Brown. Yeah. And then the music has kind of that 70s folk rock vibe to it. And they're and they're they clearly get that and are fine with that and love that and just own it. But he's right. He's a lot of the songs are are like sort of miniature self-contained narratives. Yeah. It's not as open ended in the sense that some I just thought of AFI, actually, these these very kind of esoteric kind of poems that some lyricists do. Henry Jameson has more of that like romantic poetry flair to it. Yes. Uh, Agreed. He also does this thing where he'll, and he did it on that song where he'll sometimes drop his voice almost an octave and kind of go for this baritone thing and then double the voice, Mm. which is an interesting effect. And he's just, uh, you know, atmospherically he's, it's just, as far as I know, he may have a backing band sometimes, but it's it's this is a true like band versus a solo songwriter kind yeah. of. This is just me and my guitar. The women love me. Great call. I'm I'm a I'm a bookish dude with with me. glasses, and I'm writing yeah. these romantic songs. So it's two it's two different aesthetics. But I, it's like I inside really Lewin like Davis versus the band. Like you know, it's yeah, like sure. But when you see the band play there, like Dawes is also kind of like the band. Uh, I mean they. Jackson Brown, obviously, that's more the songwriting, but probably musically, they're even closer to the band. Like just this um, standby kind of uh, steel solid rock quartet. It's a, kind thi- of a it's thing. a thing you know. Yeah, and they do a really great version of it. Yeah, exactly. And I actually, think both Hen- another commonality between Dawes and Henry Jameson is. They they want the lyrics to be pretty front and center. Yeah, very lyric front bands, Definitely. and that's pretty rare. Yeah, that's and not I the love norm. That. That's my jam. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna give it by a slight edge to to uh, to Henry Jameson. Are you? Yeah. It's just a little more my I don't know my speed or something. He's I have found him in the last year or so, just in my own life, and am just very impressed and he's kind of growing in my estimation. So he's got like, he's on the upward swing in my mind. And so maybe there's a little recency there, but it's hitting me slightly better. Uh, neither. I mean, I guess, yeah, real peach is probably a little bit more of the, the barn. Uh, it's like the pre it's the pre wedding music <laughs> at, at the barn. When yeah, all, when... I feel as though Henry was probably hired to play the wedding. <laughs> he's probably, he's playing. He while, is doing the music. He's doing the music in the background. Yeah. He's playing the walk up under a willow tree while the bride walks down the aisle. <laughs> he, he calmly grabs a banjo and starts, you know, does an instrumental. And he's good enough friends with the groom that like he also got a, a thistle boutonniere. You know, a couple other people, ushers and stuff, they gave him one because he's, he's in with those He's dudes. got an honorary boutonniere. Yeah. I just, I we're, we're laughing and I'm taking a sip of my beer and I just want to let you know that I have the key in the nuclear console and my hand is over the button. I'm trying to decide whether to veto you oh, right I now. Oh, I know. I, I was like daring you to use a veto for <laughs> right off matchup the bat. in the play-in. I'm desperately looking at this and just like trying to do the math in my head Play as, to, it out. as to whether or not I'm going to need to use all the vetoes. But- in reality, I really like both of these yeah. bands, and I'm just going to let it stand. 
Okay. But wow. Do, oh, well, I feel so sad. I feel yeah, sad to I see know. Dawes go. But let's talk. Let's talk about Dawes then. Let's so talk about there. I I am good grief. Not that immediately. I know that's well. They just they got the they don't have enough Spotify listeners. Ben, what can I tell you? They're near the bottom. Uh, and it means nothing spiritually. <laughs> no, that's yeah. It, there's no uh, moral uh, no. element to that. No heft. Uh, yeah, t- talk, talk to me about Dawes. They were in that same really general scene and moment that Cold War Kids and Delta Spirit were in in the early 2000s, 2004, 2005. That's when I first heard them living in L.A. I actually saw them in Seattle at the Tractor Tavern Nice with yeah. Delta Spirit on a tour. I just, I love them. I don't have a whole lot maybe else to say that's super articulate. They're, they're a band, and this will be true for a number of bands on this list but as opposed to a lot of the music certainly the punk and any of the hard stuff but a lot of the music in my life that's uh not music that i share an affinity for with my wife dawes is a band that my wife and i both love so like we've gone and seen them together i was actually at a pool party a couple weeks ago with one of the at the house of a family that my kids are in preschool with and i discovered that one of the dads who i already really liked is a huge dawes fan and he had a hat that said let's party which is a line he's like i got this at a dawes show it's from uh, a song of theirs anyway that's like that's a good in yeah especially at at dad yeah, stage and then, yeah and then he got out of the pool and put on a dawes t-shirt and i was like you know what man your stock just really went up in my book yeah hat and t-shirt simultaneously yeah but uh, the hat doesn't <laughs> say dawes on no you it's, yeah. it's kind of an insider you'd have to thing no yeah you'd have to know i think you get that's that passes the yeah. smell test that's okay yeah they well, strike me as one of those bands that could go could just have a career and have fan it, it makes me happy to not feel as though somebody's gonna gonna burn out and that it's sort of like age bound they could just do this well into their 60s and call it a career and i hope they do i'm gonna give you five bands for whom you can we can play another song just because we're doing so many, I think we got to kind of shorten a little bit the the elegiac oh, yeah. segments. Uh, so so give us, should we do the next one on the list? Stay Down by Dawes or anything else you'd like to hear? Doesn't even have to be a folk song. We could pick any Dawes song. Yeah. Play the song uh, from which this hat reference is taken. It's called All Your Favorite Bands. I'm just waking up and thinking clearly so don't quote me with what I hope I'm writing you this song ain't it funny how some people pop into your head so easily I haven't seen you in there for so long I hope that life without a shadow is an incredible lyric i hope all your favorite bands stay together that's that's fantastic it always feels like a little death sending someone off boys rest in peace indeed okay so henry jameson is gonna face the lumineers in the next round after this second play in 
So the second play-in round is Damian Gerardo versus Joseph. Okay. Damian Gerardo, of course, Washington artist. Joseph Portland. But Washington, Seattle at one point. Maybe, uh, maybe actually Natalie went back to Portland to start Joseph. Something like that. Oregonians. But, yeah, both Northwesterners, uh, but really different generation of artists. From Damien, we get perhaps his most famous song. And I think a, a pretty good qualifier for the folk category. This is Ohio. Out from my window across from the city I have what's considered a good view Two blocks from the subway, three from the fountain where I walk to break in the new shoes She stands on the sidewalk just waving at taxis Like horses and parades in passing I ask where she's headed, she tells me Ohio I've not seen my mother in ages It's been a long time A real long time mm-hmm. A real long That comes up against Side Effects by Joseph. First note you played on the midnight piano Our voices raised, holding the stars in place The first mile on the first road think first or any any thoughts you have that might sway me uh give the the prosecution a chance to present its argument they're aesthetically different obviously yeah if you know if you know their catalogs these are good exemplars as songs of the way that they're different just sonically damien's very stripped down very spare lots of songs or lots of recordings at least that are just him and his guitar yeah and joseph's you know barely acceptable as a uh, being labeled in teetering on like line a, there. Yeah. you know they're contemporary indie wilson phillips <laughs> kind of vibe yeah i like joseph a lot more i would say damien dorado's accessing he's just mining is a better word a vein of intense melancholy and sadness that's his mm-hmm. vibe for a, yeah. a lot of his stuff it's yeah. real downbeat emotionally i th- i think they're more they being joseph They've got a bit more range. They're a bit more dynamic. He's he's pretty, in my relatively limited experience, but not all that limited. Having listened across a range of his recordings, he's he's got a very narrow, a fairly narrow band that he's operating in on various yeah. levels. Yeah, 
My favorite Damien stuff is later on when he starts working with Richard Swift as his producer. Okay. And they make, uh, I think, four records together. Mm -hmm. Let me look them up. So I was living at a house that you later lived. I later lived at it. Yeah. In South Seattle. And the record. St. Bartlett that came you're out. you're looking at here. Yeah. So that's the Saint first Bartlett. one they did together. Then. Maricopa, probably the Came best one. around that time that I was living in that house. And Brothers that he... and Sisters of the Eternal Sun and Visions of Us in the Land. I think those are the four yeah. they did together. That's my favorite era of Damien. I, I like Ohio. It doesn't, doesn't really have like a chorus. Um, and then the Joseph song, the verse is working for me better than the chorus. So it's like, do I go with the song that just doesn't really have one? Or do I go with the one where the chorus a little bit let me down compared to the verse? I'm going to give it to Damien, but, but just by a hair, Joseph, that was a good showing against uh, a Northwest legend. So do you feel the, do you feel the inrush of water as the, as the torpedo tubes flood and I launch? <laughs> oh, veto gonna, number one. Are you going to do it? It's, it's happened. Okay. Missiles are in the air. Joseph. The only goes, question is, oh, wow. is how does Seattle launch a response strike? Because here come the nukes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how far I want to take that metaphor. Yeah, let's, let's leave it there. <laughs> okay, well, uh, Joseph, um, I don't. I, w I wouldn't say that their success was surprising. Not in the way of like once I heard White Flag, and like I was like, oh yeah, like that. Yeah, that's a big song. Uh, surprising in that like they really upped their game very quickly from the kind of local band that Pacific Gold, my old band, was playing with. And I, I knew Natalie from those days before they sort of hit anything. And then it was like, oh, shit. Like, they were, they're the real deal. And I didn't see it. Um, so that's pretty cool. I guess we don't need to be talking about them so much, though, right now, because they didn't get it eliminated. They're alive. I just did. <laughs> they're alive. Digital so we gotta CPR. Say, we got to talk about Damien. Gosh, I'm losing my mind. Okay. So uh, from this playlist, there's some great songs here by him. I'm going to play what do you want to hear? Silver Timothy from Brothers and Sisters of the Eternal Son. And this is with Swift at the controls. And it's just such cool production and everything. It's like very, I was just ripping off so much of it for Pacific Gold during this era. Love you, Damien. Thanks for participating, buddy. Okay, so we have finished our play-in rounds. Let the real tournament begin. Yes. I submit the council knew all along that Lumineers were not going to win. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we believe jury 11, juror 11 was chosen disingenuously. <laughs> uh, Your Honor, uh, RICO statutes clearly show <laughs> they're racketeering. <laughs> 
Okay, we got the Lumineers up against Henry Jameson, winner of the first play-in round. So here is a song you've all heard maybe more times than you want to. It's Hoey oh, yeah, by the Lumineers. So show me family All the blood that I will bleed I don't know where I belong I don't know where I went wrong But I can write a song I belong with you You belong with me in my sweet heart I belong with you You belong with me in my sweet heart We, we can recite that one from memory, each of us. It's it's not it's not bad. No. There's nothing super offensive about it. No. 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 It's a serviceable folk pop song. Yes. Here is Witness Trees by Henry Jameson. To be afraid for a time, for a long time that there's no angel watching. I see a sign in the breeze. In the wind, in the trees, in the skies over Austin Where do you go, my darling, when you do not sing? Where do you go? And you've been told the streaks of gold in your hair to talk about it i mean come on not really no that's like i mean the luminaries i'm sure that they are very happy with their money and but i do wonder like if they feel constantly judged by people as like the lowest common denominator version of this thing you know and who cares they they wrote their they wrote some good pop songs and have done very well for themselves I found myself thinking after we did the first one, I can't remember, have we done any others? Did we just do the 90s punk tournament? It's the only tournament we've done. On this yeah. podcast? Oh, well, yeah. yeah, we did my father's cassette yeah. case. Dad's cassette. But we talk about music Deck. a lot uh, in other contexts, Jeez. of course, because we're close buds. And I have found myself at some point thinking in the run-up to this one about how subjective it all is. Yeah. How it hits you. And so in in this moment, there's, it's worth acknowledging that there's people who really like the Lumineers, but I think more importantly... Obviously, a lot of people <laughs> Clearly, at least yeah. listen to that song. That's maybe not the same having a radio hit. But there's no reason in the world to think that they aren't proud of their music and don't like it and don't yeah. feel passionate about it. Yeah. I just personally think Henry Jameson, you know, beat the pants off him. Yeah. That's a beautiful song, Witness Trees. Oh, my gosh. Man. <laughs> Living under the fear of an angel something. You afraid there's no was, angel watching? Yeah. Or hey, oh. Or, Yo, hey. I don't know where I went wrong, but I can try to write a song. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Lumineers. Anything else to say about them? I don't, I never really listened to them. No. Their next biggest song, Ophelia, contains the same ba 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 melody in it, which is, you know, whatever. Might, maybe, maybe we've got some A&R people involved in nefarious ways or something there. Okay. I don't want, I don't need to talk shit about the Lumineers. What am I gaining by that? They're much more successful than me. So next up. Way to go, Henry Jameson, man. Henry he's Jameson. Just, he's hot right now. He's got he's, some momentum. He's hot. He's got momentum. Wilco 
versus Bright Eyes from Wilco. We get Please Be oh. Patient with Me. We're to quote you or your guest, I can't recall which, from your Screamo tournament. We're going to be killing darlings right and left here. Right and left, indeed. All right, please be patient with me from Sky Blue Sky. Harmless apples happening stone when I'm alone Oh, but my blessings get so blurred we get first day of my life this is the first day of my life swear I was born right in the doorway I went out in the rain suddenly everything changed they're spreading blankets on the beach yours is the first face that I saw I was blind before I met you And I don't know where I am, I don't know where I've been But I know where I want to go And so I thought I'd let you know Yeah, these things take forever I especially am slow But I realized that I need you And I wondered if I could Interesting. Really interesting. Yeah. I had stopped listening to Bright Eyes at that point but when that record came oh, out. Oh, yeah? So I don't have a ton of context for uh, that. I don't have like old memories associated uh, with it the way I do. Sky Blue Sky came out when we were in our touring years, okay. I believe. That really matters. It matters. A, a yeah. lot. You can't overstate the extent to which having you can that, hear a song yes. and it can be good, but if it's got that extra layer of personal meaning, yeah, there's 07. no substitute for that. I mean, 07 is... We just did an episode, you know, uh, back in August with the the starting line episode of that year. Big year for me. And so, you know, the Wilco track has a leg up anyway for that. But I do think I just, I prefer Jeff Tweedy as a songwriter to Connor Oberst. I prefer him as a singer to Connor Oberst as well. I really like that in that song, First Day of My Life, my favorite part is that little the boom, 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 the dun, dun, dun. That little kind of turn he does twice in the chorus. Really like that. Um, but like, oh my gosh, the Wilco song, Please Be Patient With Me. Like, I have no idea what chords those are in the chorus. I, it would take me a long time to figure out how to play that. Yeah. And then it, like a like a good Brian Wilson track, like it comes together and resolves. And the lyric is somehow perfect for like the fragility of the chords and melody does that make sense delicate was the perfect word very delicate yeah when that electric guitar comes in something about the production feels like it comes into the room and is sitting on top of that acoustic guitar track i forget what that guy's name is it's probably is it nils uh, Nils something yeah both jeff tweedy and connor oberst have a kind of 
uh, at least on soft songs, because they both do louder songs too, but for soft folk style songs, when they're close on the mic, it's a, it's a kind of, especially for Tweety, I think a kind of frail, almost at times you're like, oh man, he's barely staying in key, smoked a lot of cigarettes, yeah, you know, yeah. kind of a voice, which is endearing and, and kind of. Especially when he was younger. Yeah. I think he sounds less like yeah, that Yeah, if you now. watch the I'm Trying to Break Your Heart documentary, some of their live shows, he's kind of, he's kind of having these like, you know, moments on stage where he's kind of barely holding it together. And there's also a, a documentary where, of his solo shows that's interesting. But in, in any event, yeah, I, I, I certainly would not fight you on this one. Oberst has a really interesting voice. And I actually, that's probably the only record of his that I really have memories of. Mm. I don't have... Like, you know, Lover, You Don't Have to Love, those early yeah, Fever and Mirrors, those early and then, records, yeah. uh, Lifted, That's or before, the soil, Stories in the Soil. Before I got into him. That was the record for okay, me, Lifted. Yep, yep. To it, which is like, I, I bought the vinyl. Like, yeah. when I was first getting into vinyl, like, it was an yeah. important record to me. I never, ever put it on anymore. I mm. just, it feels like something about the emotional timbre of it yeah. was appropriate at that age and just does not resonate anymore. I'll be listening to Wilco it'll probably be on the funeral playlist, you know, which I will, if, you know, if I live long enough and it'll be a part of my will is I will curate that playlist. And, you know, Wilco is the kind of thing that could be on there. Like it's that meaningful and it's that profound and it like rises to the occasion of an important life experience. What are we, three, four matchups in? We're talking about funeral playlists. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, can there be any more commentary on what this music means to us? Oh, seriously, man. Yeah, I no, I think that that's, that's we'll a good go. point. All right, so see you later, Bright Eyes. Next up, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros versus the Mountain Goats. From Edward Sharp, we get the smash hit, the half a billion streamer, Home. song okay i'm excited to talk about it up against by the mountain goats this year from the sunset tree my broken house behind me and good things ahead a girl named kathy wants a little of my time six cylinders underneath the hood crashing and kicking ah listen to the engine whine i am gonna make it through this year if it kills me If it kills me 
I want to hear you talk about these songs first. Tell me about that one. Yeah, that is the perfect example of a song that has a chorus that you can apply to different life situations. It I'm was gonna a make huge, it through this year. It was a huge COVID me. song for me. Yeah, uh, he's definitely a wonderful lyricist. That's oh, yeah. probably my favorite part about the Mountain Goats. His lyrics, yeah. Uh, he's a wonderful novelist. What well, I was gonna say, you interviewed him on on your show, Faith and Letters. Really, yeah. really interesting conversation. Actually, yeah, I had him on I my recommend podcast. It. My favorite of his novels is called Wolf in White Van, which is about... His name, by the way, is John, John yeah, Darnielle. Yeah, so the, the lead singer, and essentially, I think in some ways, at times, solo. The band. Of heart yeah. of, yeah. Yeah. The instantiation of the Mountain Goats is a guy named John Darnell. His first novel, Wolf in White Van, which is a reference to backmasking, a phrase you can supposedly hear when you play. I can't remember if it's maybe a Judas Priest record backward, but kind of the satanic panic yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, was nominated for the National Book Award. It's a really idiosyncratic book about a guy who run, who's been horribly disfigured and runs a mail order only, like snail mail, choose your own adventure role playing game. Really beautiful, weird, well pulled off. It's great. Book, it's really great. I need to read it. He, Darnell, I think, is really into you know fantasy novels and Dungeons and Dragons stuff like this. But anyway, he's yeah, he's a great lyricist. He's he's got a very sort of I think for me kind of acquired taste kind of uh voice voice yeah 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 i'm not really drawn to that kind of vocal uh lyrics i was really impressed it's kind of a pretty good advertisement for his novel actually just their lyrics yeah like that, that's a good enough reason for me to check that book out um but i was thinking about let's talk about home yeah edward sharp so i was actually thinking about the lumineers track it's totally reminiscent of the Remineers track. It they're is. doing the same kind of thing. Exactly. So what I was thinking is they're aiming for their own versions of the same target, which is something like, let's write a song that truly sounds like it could have been written in 1930 that, uh, but we'll, we're somehow refre freshening this thing up. Yep. Right. But like, none of the tones will be so far off that it couldn't be like just a particularly clean, you know, 60s, 70s recording, just like a little bit brighter and clearer because it's now, except that that's kind of the direction that Lumineers go is like, what's the, what's the cleanest version of that where it still sounds plausibly right. old. Right. Edward Sharp is like, Pumpkin pie, cowboy chicken, <laughs> cotton candy. Yeah. He's fucking going. He's like, no, no, no. I'm going to write the dialogue of a 40s B movie and we're going to make, we're going to keep, we're going to use literally Johnny Cash's old mic from 1952 on my voice. It's going to be pretty dark and, and super warm and all tape hissy and fuzzy. And it's going to be like, it's more like a, a repertory theater version Right. Whereas like the Lumineers is like a guy playing at at dinner or, or something playing in the town square. Edward Sharp is doing the, the LSD out Cirque du Soleil version of that. And so obviously I like that better than the Lumineers version. Like that's more interesting. Totally. It's, it's kind of, it might even be a little silly, but like they oh. fucking went for it. And they obviously know it's silly. Would you rather read a play or go see the play performed? I'd rather go see the play performed. So I like that more than Lumineers. So that's kind of taking the edge over Mountain Goats because though the lyrics are beautiful in that song, I really love um, Alex Ebert is the name of the singer in Edward Sharp. 
he's the who you'd think would be Edward Sharp. He's not. He's Alex Ebert. I it's really, I love his Edward singing voice. I, I, it's so interesting. And it's unique. interesting, but I'm even more compelled by Jade Cisneros, the woman who's singing there with him. Oh yeah, she is really good. You can hear her. There's just a magnetism. You, can, it's almost like one of those people you can hear smiling when they're singing. Yeah, it's, it's like as soon as she's done energy. As soon as she's done singing, you expect her to go, and Uncle Sam, so Uncle Sam wants you to help fight the Germans. It's like, it sounds like it's coming off of a newsreel in 1942. Her singing voice, to me. If you've seen photographs of the band, at least at the time that they recorded that song, he's usually performing shirtless and kind of has this Hare Krishna-style top knot kind of thing going yeah, on. It yeah. feels like... Yeah, it feels like a bunch of people in a Volkswagen van. There's like nine yes. people in the band. You know, that, yeah. that trumpet player is like in the band. <laughs> so it's like a bunch of people who's, you know, are left a Grateful Dead show yeah. and yeah. stopped off at a Hare Krishna event and then came uh -huh. to the studio and recorded this song. They committed to the bit. This song, yeah, pound for pound, this song versus that song. Choice feels clear to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know really anything about the Mountain Goats. I've never gotten into them. I'm still kind of more excited to read the book, I think, than listen to the music. So I think I, I'm really drawn to him as a creative force. But that kind of like uh, really vulnerable, it's frankly kind of emo. And I can think of emo bands with singers that sound like that that are probably influenced by the Mountain Goats. It's this very fragile, like um yelpy kind of thing it's i'm just like not that into that thing and that's not his fault but eh, that's just taste it's just taste it's taste all the way down it's taste all the way down all right well thank you mountain goats for your contributions to the world next up we have uh not david versus goliath how you you usually have a good uh metaphor for these just slam dunk situations we've got sufjan stevens up against the decemberists Here's Romulus from Sufjan Stevens. Once when we moved away, she came to Romulus for a day. Her Chevrolet broke down. We prayed it never be fixed or be found. We man up against the decemberists don't carry it all from the king is dead
<laughs> he's like very sad and disappointed. I. It's just like it's like if you took all the Ben Gibbard lyrics <laughs> from our college years, <laughs> but you only kept like the thirty percent worst ones, or maybe not worst, but like that most resemble like what a self-serious white male wanted to do in 2002 it's just the the most like the most concentrated of those ben gibbard lyrics but then you turn that person that person and you point him toward the sea and you get him excited <laughs> about shanties and pirate life that's the decemberist and i am not here for it man i'm just it doesn't do it for me it does feel overwrought to me yes it feels overwrought in looking at in making the selections that i was going to include on the playlist i ended up looking at some photographs and it feel, i'm now remembering a photograph a promo photograph i don't know how long ago this was i don't think particularly it's you know long ago from maybe within the last two three album cycles where the band is you know and who knows maybe they didn't come up with this idea but they were like sitting around a table laden with rich foods. I want to say that Colin Mello, the lead singer, was wearing a velvet smoking jacket and there was just yeah. a bonfire raging in the background. Yeah. And I wasn't sure what was being communicated, but it just felt very overwrought. Yeah. I mean, overwroughtness is in the eye of the beholder, I suppose. Sure, right. It is. But it, I would say like they leaned in heavier to that kind of um, Peter Pan version of what was going on in those years. They, they really, they pulled hard to starboard. You might say, Ben, <laughs> they were a vessel pulling hard to starboard. <laughs> ben is, by the way, Ben has laughed a lot more than you would think. He just is, he's trying to do it silently. I think cause he thinks it's going to mess with the audio. It doesn't matter. You can feel free to laugh away. Uh, no, this but is that one, he this broke. Is where, this that is one where he broke. I'm, uh, we were talking about criticism this afternoon. We were sitting on the couch. We were talking about the point of music criticism. <laughs> music criticism. And which this is a of kind art, yeah. of form of. Yeah, this is a type of that. And you've got your strong opinions. I mean, I'm saying one has. I have. Yeah. We all have our strong opinions at some point about stuff we don't like. I'm sure that Colin Malloy feels great about the music he's making. I don't want to, you know, take a dump on that, so to speak. Yeah. But it's not doing it for me. Yeah. I mean anything to say about Romulus. I mean, you could pick almost oh, any man. track from Michigan and slot it in there and it would have mopped the floor with the Decemberists. But Michigan was the first Sufjan record I heard. Yeah. And I was like, and this guy's a Christian. I mean, he was like our, he was our gladiator. He was our Goliath for a good decade there. He was literally our best and brightest that it was like yeah. this artist respected by, secular like art culture but is genuinely christian uh that to me was like a big fucking deal it really was when i was 23 yeah it feels like i should save my powder a little bit because we'll be talking yeah. about it more about i more, like that yeah. song a lot i wonder i've wondered if it's a reference to rome somehow or something romulus and remus i don't know it's got to be something in the oh, state of it michigan, might right? be a city within a city michigan. michigan that's yeah. right they're all midwestern states have all kinds of oh, weird like antiquity names sort of biblical names or yeah. names Paris. from antiquity exactly uh anyway okay it's odd um he Sufjan, so he's actually you. one of the few artists on this playlist who are very earnestly and regularly i mean at least in those first number of records breaks out the banjo yeah but oh, to yeah. great effect 
great effect. He kind of plays it like a guitar, yeah. is how I understand. He doesn't really play banjo. He does he, a lot. It's chords. He strums He's strumming. It. Exactly. Yeah. He's not doing a lot of finger picking. Uh, I, that, that part, like sometimes the banjo feels a little dated now, but the way he does it, it's like just another instrument in his hands. Well, I'm... I'm just gonna. Fan. I'm gonna have to stop. I know right that now when I when I hear Sufjan playing the banjo, I know he's probably not wearing skinny suspenders, and so it feels <laughs> fine. <laughs> he's wearing a neon baseball cap and angel wings. Selvage denim. Okay, Mumford and Sons versus the tallest man on earth. Two artists from across the pond. Here is. Well, do we say? I mean, is Norway across the pond? I, I guess it is. Is he Swedish or Norwegian? I think only Great Britain is across okay, the pond. Okay, so the first one's across the pond. Here's I Will Wait by Mumford and Sons. Spring must and relent. Will you forgive? And I won't forget. No, what we Now in some way shake the excess Facial expression. That I'll talk about it in a second. <laughs> what that meant to me and what I'm learning about myself right now in real time. This is up against 1904 by the tallest man on earth from There's No Leaving Now. Great record. And as I lower down, I hear it's a message. And it's 1902, just telling people to get out. And if there was just a way I could tell them. Singing is slow and so quiet Like the sound when you sweep off the floor And how something with the dirt is just different Since they should be earth in 1904 Okay, first of all, I gotta play a card. I'm playing Pinch Hitter. I want another tall, I want a different Tallest Man on Earth song. Can you explain why? Uh... That song is like 50th percentile for me of his stuff. And I'm a big fan of his. And I don't want Mumford and Sons to win. So in that matchup, you feel you'd feel a moral obligation to give it to Mumford and Sons. I would feel obligated by my conscience because well, I'll tell I'll say why later. Okay, well then I'd uh, like you to I'd like to I'd like to freehand right into the margin of the rules here that uh -huh. if, when you play this you should choose a song that's not any of the songs that i chose yeah i'm not gonna pick one of those i'm gonna pick a different one yeah so i'm gonna play this other tallest man on earth song actually before i do let's yeah yeah and then i will make sure that i can in good conscience choose it over i will wait by mumford and sons i you think choose, i will be I able to choose well right now i think i will your honor this is Little Brother from the same record. There's no. But the records now. show that Mr. Coke clearly intends to give this to the tallest man on earth. Why are you drinking again, little brother? When your ramblings the hard part of loving you. You say the creek and the fogs wanna drown you. But there are deeper wells where we go into. There's no drought in this sun, no. 
my favorite song we've heard so far tonight. Whoa. Like, yeah, that's oh, yeah. definitely going to win. Oh, I just, wow. I don't know what it is about that song, but it is, it just, I mean, it's probably like, it might be in my 100 favorite songs, 150 oh, yeah. favorite songs, something yeah. like that. Okay. So, but let's talk a little bit about Mumford. So let's, we got to talk about Mumford. Here's what I realized. <laughs> if I'm, if I'm enough units of intoxicant in, I'm fucking down for some Mumford and Sons, dude. Okay. Get me in the right state of mind. And it's just clean. It's punchy. There are like four additional choir type vocal track layering tracks. You know, it's kind of got that Mutlang Def Leopard thing going. And like I can't I can't think about the lyrics. I can't I can't be like really conscious of it. But if I'm a little hazy on the details <laughs> it fucking does it dude it does it and oh, it was man. i was really enjoying listening man so i that's why i needed to pick a song that i could be like okay this is a clear winner uh well clearly i don't have enough uius universal intoxication units on board right now because it was not <laughs> doing it for me let uh, me note a few things one he has a really interesting uh, compelling voice. He has one of those yeah, British absolutely. singers where there's a little bit of the British accent coming through. He's kind of it's fairly yeah. baritone. It's pretty yeah. rich for a lead singer. It's like a mm -hmm. fairly deep voice, little tremulous. I I like it. It's so great that we just talked about Sufjan's banjo playing because that is the it, that is the arch. That's the other side of the quarter right yes, there. That exactly. style of speed metal banjo. Yeah, playing. speed metal banjo, bluegrass. Speed, basically, speed, yeah. Exactly, bluegrass finger picking. Somebody's got not only you know got a thumb pick and then like two, yeah, exactly. Two, three, three, picks three picks going picks. on, yeah. And then <laughs> on those on those multi. Multi-vocal harmonies? Yeah. Uh, it's not possible that the guy who's adding his voice is not earnestly playing his guitar until half a second before, and then just leaning into the microphone to, hey, just like a barbershop quartet. <laughs> oh, man. But Thomas Man on Earth. Yeah. He's doing something totally different. The first, the, so 1904, and a number of songs off this record, it sounds like he went Christian down- Matson. Yeah. It sounds like he went yeah. down into an abandoned steel mill- and then got into a large empty soda can and recorded those vocals. There's there's some kind of an effect on them, but there's also just so much room in that vocal performance. He's way off the mic, and he's got. I'm th I'm realizing listening to both those guys and just hearing myself talk that so it's this is true for all music, but so much of this genre is about these epic vocal performances. It comes mm -hmm. down to the vocal performances. So much of it. Yeah. Like con contrast like, does, it with does, punk, how, how's your punk, yeah how's yeah. your how's your drummer or how's your guitar tone? It yeah. matters, but not nearly as much as the vocal performance. It's a vocal performance, and that's probably what makes it folk music. Honestly, I mean, obviously you can have folk music that's instrumental, but the fact that like a person can play a song in like a basically an outdoor kind of a context, totally, and then that needs to be the center of the recording of this of the music. That's kind of what makes it folk music in my mind. And Tallest Man on Earth is much, much closer to that kind of core, like traveling troubadour. By the way, he's Swedish, not Norwegian. And, uh, you know, so, but anyway, 1904 is a good song, serviceable. I uh, don't skip it, but not definitely not in my top 10 or 20 of his tracks. So that's why I had to sub Little Brother. No, no fault, little, no shame. Little Brother. I think he, <laughs> I think, little brother. maybe pound for pound more than anyone in this entire bracket. 
He's the arch example of the solo troubadour because so much of what he does, I saw, I've seen him live. It yeah, is all, uh, so many of his recordings too. It's literally just him and an acoustic guitar. A lot of it. Sufjan's yeah. like that, but he's not. He's always got a band, and increasingly has had tons of production and lots of instruments. A lot. These, right. This guy just rips at acoustic guitar and then does it's a good business model, honestly, songs. man. Oh my gosh, nobody else it. to pay. Yeah, exactly. I saw him play at a little club here in Seattle, and he commanded a sold out house of you know six hundred people. Yeah. He's also the arch example of, in some ways, of what we're what we're making fun of in terms of aesthetics. Every item of clothing I've ever seen him wear seems to have been spray painted onto his body. It's tight. He's got, you know, probably 18 different pairs of cool beetle boots. Yeah. And totally. uh, it's all Henleys, solid colors. Yeah. Uh, handmade, you know, Japanese vests that he wears and stuff. He's, he's super cool, but seems like a genuinely nice guy. I've watched a lot of these. He, he's gotten into this model and I know you have friends who've done this. I think he he does these live stream shows. And maybe it was a COVID thing. Mm-hmm. He's probably big enough. He doesn't have to do that for money or tips, as they call it, I think. Yeah. Uh, people do that. But he like he'll do these live shows and he'll he's clearly responding to people in the videos I've seen who are making requests or he's seeing stuff come in and Super he's cool. talking. He seems like Yeah. Seems like a nice guy. He back when Vimeo was new. Mm-hmm. Or when I was first getting exposed to it, you know, ten years ago or whatever, he would he he did a ton of these videos where he would just walk around like some city. I think like day of a show he was playing, yeah, and just do a live recording of one of his songs in a plaza somewhere. Yeah, so he he is comfortable commanding whatever space he's performing in just alone with his voice and a guitar. Yeah, I really love him. I've got some like questions about the production and stuff like that where I'm I really have no idea how he does it. Yeah. Uh, but we won't say that for later. So Mumford, you know, I honestly I think I kind of came back to them a little bit here tonight. I love it. I think it's That's they're what gonna this is be, all about. Uh, I think they're gonna make some appearances in my life. I love it. I think he's the son of a minister. There's a... Yeah, the, and they were like involved in like the a Christian scene kind of in England. Yeah. Okay. The first record is like very blatantly kind of evangelical ah. lyrically. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like kind of, kind of shockingly. So, hmm. um, but unfortunately also kind of bad poetry. So ah. not sort of the inverse of the Sufjan situation. You might, you might say as must, as, as must uh, be said, at least once every tournament, Mumford and Sons, we barely knew ye. We barely knew ye. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, next up, first aid kit. Scotland's own, I think. No, they're Scandinavian. Oh, maybe yeah, maybe they're Swedish also. Sweden making a real showing. Swedish indie folk duo, first aid kit versus fruit bats. I tried to Google first aid kit, and you know what came up in, in, in my search <laughs> yes. results is images of well constructed first aid kits. <laughs> exactly. Here's my silver lining. Hold on, she would have gone. I tried to do right, what is wrong? I tried to keep on, keeping on. Yeah, I just keep on, keeping on. I hear a voice call, calling out for me. These shackles I made in an attempt to be free. against Humbug Mountain Song by Fruit Bats. Next time I 
Maybe there's the chorus somewhere else in the song. I mean, I think that that was the chorus. I wanted I wanted it to kind of go one more place. Me too. Uh, I really liked the vibe. The sort of instrumental vibe was on. First, Quite an idiosyncratic voice he had. Yeah, yeah, you but know, I and I. That's my main thing about fruit bats. Yeah, not my favorite, but like not bothering me. Hmm? A little bit Henry Jameson actually, kind of in its in his delivery. I think maybe not the timbre of the voice, but the the like syllabic intonation and stuff mm. delivery. I don't know. Maybe I'm just right. hearing things. First aid kit. It's, I don't know. It, it just feels like it's not, I'm like not the target demo for it maybe or something. Yeah. The beginning it, of that song, even more so than the section we listened to has a, for some reason it immediately feels like a cinematic country Western song. Mm. And I feel that they're trying to do that. And they are an example of a presumably non native English speaker trying to do English language music and they're it feels like their pronunciation or their timing is slightly off at times. Oh, interesting. To my I've ear. That. Yeah. Um I do not love it. Yeah. Well, we wish you the best first aid kit. You're hopefully you've got some medical supplies nearby because you've been <laughs> hurled from oh, no. the caravan. Oh no. Fruit Bats goes on to fight another day. Next up, Phoebe Bridgers versus Angelo D'Augustine. This is gonna be painful. Here Celebrity is Death Match. Scott Street by Phoebe Bridgers. There's helicopters over my head Every night when I go to bed Spending money and I earned it When I'm lonely that's when I'm Against You Needed Love, I Needed You by Angelo D'Augustine. If I could not buy you house in Laurel Canyon Underneath the moon above in the shade of the mountain I'm sorry, but it's what I had to do 
My gut is, it's interesting. They're very similar, actually. Uh, they have their own they have their own kind of angle on it, but the songwriting style, the kind of the bones of it are really actually quite similar. Yeah, yeah, that makes you focus on the details. I think that in terms of the song choice here, Phoebe is going to edge him out. Yeah, but maybe a different track by him, and it could be another story. Let me let me play one um, before we say goodbye to Angelo. This is truly gone from the album Swim Inside the Moon, really vibey uh i really i really like him i really like the record he did with sufjan mm -hmm. um stranger's mind or something like that or a beginner's mind something like that a uh, cool record and way to go man it's from thousand oaks california didn't know that phoebe bridgers goes on next up let's just take a moment oh please we never come back in reality and talk about the individual song when someone's gone on to the next round <clears throat> let's just Off talk, about, let's scott talk about scott street briefly sure. please but we have to talk about that song because you know superlatives are dangerous but that that song is it's just insane the thing that i i've only been listening to phoebe bridgers for two or three years mm -hmm. yeah me too about and the first thing that i thought when i you know heard her music and immediately fell hard for her music was how can someone that young write lyrics that good? Seriously. And I don't know if she's yeah. writing all her own lyrics, but I, I think I so. assume she is. I think so, yeah. Uh, there's something going on with music where it's usually, I mean, in general, youth, you can have, you know, you think about athletics, you, you have this window of talent when you're young. You can, genius can burn hot and bright when you're young. But typically with, I don't know if this is really going to be borne out. I'm just, I'm spitballing here because you can be a literary genius and produce an amazing work when you're young. But right. generally we tend to associate in some ways, I do, I guess, reflexively at least, in, uh, I guess, incredible lyrics or, or literature with a kind of earned wisdom or you have to have lived some life. And it's just, I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I can't recall many artists where I've been conscious of how young they are and so struck by the quality over and over song after song after song after song after song of the lyrics she is in she's essentially peerless lyrically uh, for her age i mean just she can go pound to pound with anybody that song uh, just the first the first couplet where she's talking about walking scott street open heart open container just she oh. keeps this beer metaphor these yeah this drinking metaphor going through that whole verse shower beer i mean and her voice, that's a vocal performance where she's so up on the mic and you can hear like her lips, like as she's like finishing ASMR. consonants, yeah. you know, finishing syllables. It's very affecting for me. Her music is very affecting. It's interesting. Her, 
songs are so vulnerable. Yeah. But her public persona is so invulnerable. It's very pugnacious. Yeah. It's like her, you know, who is Phoebe like fucking punk, Bridgers? She's doing a punk rock kind of thing. Is her, yeah, and these kind of goth occult and like images. Shows like her naked body sometimes on Instagram and is like not, it's just kind of like, yeah, all that is bullshit. Kind of like, you know, and then these songs are like really really vulnerable and like yeah. it's interesting i mean i guess there's maybe you could draw a line there between a certain that there's a certain kind of vulnerability in in smashing down artifice but that also can feel like its own character you know a public like a performance because punk rock is ultimately quite performative uh it's a performance i really love you know i'm drawn to it but it's very performative so that's interesting that, that's there's a little bit of tension there between those two uh but yeah i, I Fucking love her music so much. Next up, Seattle Locals. Okay. The Head in the Heart. Okay. Versus Beirut, drawing on the global folk music movement. You made or, me uh, do it. Yeah, I did make you do it. I wanted them in here because they're kind of a fun angle. But for Head in the Heart, here is Library Magic from Signs of Light. Watching all the thinkers read, trying to keep a grown man quiet. It's like pulling teeth on a winter's eve. Cracks and bowls and unfamiliar roads I'm on this one to find out As you guess and brothers arrest Can't stay up in the cloud of eyes Listening to my every move Just trying to survive Self-imposed adventure That selfishness drives I can barely keep my head above the blue Trying to keep it off me and you but I can see the sunshine's rays gleaming through the clear water Telling me that I've been for this chapter's right There will always be better days There will always be Good song. Up against Nantes from the Flying Club Cup by Beirut. Interesting. Talk to me, Ben. I believe it's pronounced Nantes. Okay. A city in France. Oh, there we go. And I only know that because I just Googled it. Oh, okay. So you I didn't know? Not smarter than you. <laughs> uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, we've waited this long to play you a track with hand organ <laughs> and broken glass. He, yeah, I really love that. I really love that Head in the Heart song. So it's no contest for me personally. Yeah. But what do you find interesting about Beirut? What I find interesting is just the sort of reliance, uh, the leaning into sort of like Eastern European folk music. Yeah. And sometimes even what sounds almost Caribbean or Mexican. I'm not sure. I don't know enough about worldwide music to sort of draw those lines, but that's kind of what my ear hears. I really just am. It's sort of like a, I'm supportive of the project. Like that's just a cool project. It feels ambitious. Yeah. And then sometimes what he does with it, like as a songwriter, doesn't always land. Like uh, he seems to really, Zach Condon, 
um, who's the the leader of the band, he seems to really prefer like linear, like like actually almost like static types of songwriting, like a Dylan song that just has like six verses and no chorus. That seems more to be kind of his thing and like really get in these almost hypnotic, hypnotic folk grooves. I don't know. It's, it's really interesting. So I, I think yeah. I like it more on paper than in practice. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see like three or four other bands kind of take on that project. Cause I think it's a cool project, but head in the heart. Yeah. They, uh, I just really like them. It, it is certainly long since been cool to like them, especially here in Seattle because they got so huge. Uh, but I really just have liked them the whole time. I just think that they're anyway. We'll talk about them more later. I, I like later. Library Magic quite a bit. I love that song. That's a song that I have associations with uh, from a task, and I can't remember it. I think it was painting, a long painting project, and I discovered that song and ended up listening to it a bunch. It's rare to hear that much that that long a pass. I mean, it's the entire song is doubled vocals, male, female. It's not yeah. a harmony, really. They're just it's a, singing. No, it's a har- it, they're harmonizing. At times, they're harmonizing, yeah. and sometimes unison. But at, at times, they're yeah. singing in unison. Yeah, really cool song. Good lyrics. Just a just sonically such a great band. Head in the heart. Okay, so head in the heart goes on. Thank you for showing up, Beirut. Hey, thanks for being here. We are at the halfway point of the first round, and in a double tournament. The first round is basically half of all the rounds. Right. So this is going to be quite long in the final analysis. Love it. And that'll do it for this week. We will come back for part two of the Indie Folk Mega Tournament. <laughs>